This is an OSV Podcast Network production. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com. We know that if we do stay together, if we walk and talk and work and play and stand together in Jesus' name, we'll be who we say we are, truly Catholic. And we shall overcome. Welcome to Hope Stories with Black Catholics with me, your host, Sister Josephine Garrett. When I wrote my book, Hope and Invitation, I discovered that it was such a gift to be able to share my own story of hope, reflecting on the church, reflecting on Jesus and the Eucharist. That inspired me to invite more people to share hope stories. And so we're beginning with Hope Stories with Black Catholics, a gathering of Black Catholics from around the United States who share their own stories of hope their hope for Black Americans in the church, and their hope for the church as a whole. In this episode, our guest is a mom who I have the honor of knowing from ministry in Tyler, Texas. Her name is Alva Alford, and I've gotten to serve her son, who was a student in the school where I'm a counselor, and that way got to know her. Alva is in the process of becoming Catholic and is a participant in RCIA. She shares really sincerely and candidly what it's like being in the process of becoming Catholic and interacting with her own family who remains Baptist. So I think she brings that unique perspective among all of our guests. She also shares about her experience of grief and the loss of her daughter and what role that has played in her discernment about her faith. This episode is a gift, and I hope you enjoy it. I am a counselor at our grade school in Tyler, Texas, and that's where I met her son uh, when he was in the fifth grade, and then also got to meet Alva. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, Alva, that fifth grade class gave me a run for their for my money. <laughs> uh, they were a lot lovely. Uh, yeah, and, just, and they're still, Yeah. <laughs> There's still a lot. Alva, yeah. share with the listeners, share with the listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do in Tyler, about your son, you know, your family. My name is Alva. I've lived in Tyler all of my life. I lived in Houston a little bit, but I came back. I'm divorced. I have four children. Uh, my mm-hmm. daughter passed in 2017. I have a set of twins that are 36. I have Kamari, who's 14, and I have two granddaughters. Mm-hmm. And right now I am a diagnostician with Tyler Independent School District. Very nice. And so Alva, this podcast is called Hope Stories with Black Catholics. And I know you're on the road to becoming Catholic. We've talked about that. Like you're involved yes. with RCIA. You're considering going back. Before we get into that, I would just love to know what faith looked like for you growing up. So when you were a little girl, Uh, What was faith like for you? How did that look in your family? Well, growing up, I I was raised as a Baptist. Uh, Mm -hmm. I attended church every Sunday as a child and through adulthood. I was part of the usher ministry and I I served as an officer in the usher ministry. When I had children, they attended with me as well. I mean, we were, we attended church on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first encountered the Catholic Church was when I decided to enroll my son at St. Gregory as a kindergartner. So that okay. was really my first time encountering the Catholic religion when I enrolled. 
I don't want to tell you, I was an usher in the Baptist church growing up. And it's a ministry. I mean, it was it was a yes, whole ministry. Is. Yes, it is. And uh, one time I was ushering and I locked my knees and passed out. And they thought I was slain in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just locked my knees. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, but, that was a hard job. Because you stand the whole time. You stand yes. the whole time. So you bring Kamari to this Catholic school. What brought you to that Catholic school, to St. Gregory? What made you say, this is where I'm going to take my son for kindergarten? I looked around and I researched other schools. I knew that 25 kids in a classroom was not going to, you know, work with him. I needed him to have a smaller group. I needed him to have some one-on-one. I mean, not one-on-one, but smaller group instruction. My hope was to just instill in him a a sense of lifelong inquisitiveness and the love Mm -hmm. of learning and, you know, all along and while learning to develop a relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. And so kind of as you continue, and and so I know I said it kind of casually in the beginning, but I know I had met you when you were thinking about becoming Catholic. And the way I found that out was your son approached me at school and he said, Sister Josephine, uh, I want to become Catholic. What do I need to do? I want to be Catholic. And, I, you know, your son, he's kind of mischievous. So I looked at him and I said, are you playing with me? Like, and he told me, he said, I'm not playing. And he said, you can call my mama. And I said, I will call your mama. <laughs> yeah. And so before I came and called you, I said, uh, I said, Kamari, why do you, why do you want to be Catholic? And he it was so beautiful. He said to me, I want to receive that bread, is what he said to me. He's like, I want to receive that bread. And so then I came and I called you and you told me he's not playing. And I'm also interested in becoming Catholic too. And so between kindergarten and fifth grade, Alva, what began to attract you to saying like, I'm interested in this becoming my faith and open to it being my son's faith? When I lost my daughter to lung cancer in 2017, I kind of lost hope in the church. Uh, I don't want to cry. My daughter was openly gay, and I would always tell her, you know, I didn't agree with her lifestyle, but I still loved her, and God loved her, too. And Mm -hmm. I guess the one thing that turned me away from the Baptist church was when I finally convinced my daughter, like, hey, look, come to church with me, you know, and she did. And, um... It was, I, I knew it was kind of reluctantly, but she came. And I'll never forget the pastor stated that day that God loved Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. And I kind of looked back at my daughter. She won't be back. And I brought her because I just wanted her to feel loved. I wanted, you know, the gospel talk to my daughter. And, mm. and that's... Mm. That kind of turned me away from the Baptist church. And Alva, what what stands out to me here is the truthfulness of the language you're using in contrast to what was truly wicked language on the part of the, the minister to say that God didn't love persons. Like that is not... That is not what we learn in scripture. That is not what we learn in our faith. The person doesn't cease to abide in the love of God. I couldn't draw a breath if I wasn't abiding in the love of God. But then you say 
You love your daughter. You didn't love her lifestyle. And that is truth. That when I can hold a person in love in the midst of like, if they're choosing virtue or not choosing virtue, if they're choosing a lifestyle that God is calling them to or turning away from a lifestyle that God is calling them to, they don't cease to abide in love. I went to mass one day. I just felt such a sense of peace. I hadn't felt that. It was just, it was just that sense of peace. And You know, I talked to God and I asked God to lead me to where I need to be because I did. I visited other churches and Mm -hmm. um, that's just where I felt like God led me because I just felt that sense of peace and it was awesome. Mm. I know the day that Kamari received his sacraments, I saw the pictures and it looks like they were having mass outside. Is that right? Yes. Was, yes. And so um, what stands out from you from that day that he received, received the sacraments and became Catholic? I mean, you know, he's uh, he's a little middle school. <laughs> he comes you know. up to my, he'll come up to me and be like, hey, this is Josephine. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, you love me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yesterday I went and I ate lunch with him and... Um, hmm. And I was leaving. He was like, you can hug me. I was like, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is middle school boy day, for I want a hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, you can hug me. But anyway, it, it's just I I sent a sense of joy in him. I sensed mm. that he was not ashamed. I sensed mm. that he he became that and he understood what he was doing and again it was just a a sense of joy you know there was no no embarrassment in him it was just a sense of joy and I liked that I was Mm -hmm. I was very happy for him that he's not ashamed to be committed to Christ you know that that it brings him joy especially yeah like as you're saying it I'm like that is a treasure to have a middle school boy overjoyed to commit himself to God. <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's yes. Yes. And not be yeah. ashamed, you know, in front of all of those people. Yeah. And he was not yeah. ashamed. Mm-hmm. You did some RCA classes. I know you started RCA before the pandemic. And so what stood out to you in your time in RCIA? The speaker and, and her knowledge. Um, okay. And I am, I'm going to. I'm going back, you know, he's been having uh, basketball games on Thursdays. It's just been hectic. But I just, again, that's just a piece. Whoever was leading the class, they always knew what they were talking about. You know, mm. they were very knowledgeable and and it wasn't anything that they were just pulling out from nowhere. It was all biblically based. Mm. And I love that, like, not pulling out from anywhere. Like there was a yeah. tradition to touch back to. And I'll, t- I'll share with you, Alva, that's one of the things that I grew up Baptist too. And that's one of the things that attracted me to the Catholic church is like, you know, when I went to Baptist church, it was like, if the pastor wasn't right, if the sermon wasn't right, if the choir wasn't right, we'd come, like, I'd come out and say like, church wasn't good today. But when I yeah. went to the Catholic church, the host was always the same. Like I wasn't yes. depending on the pastor to host me or the choir to host me against Jesus Christ and it, it, the yes, tradition of the church. Yeah. And that attracted me that I didn't have to any longer 
be so dependent on things that were just so circumstantial. So that's what I'm hearing. What you're saying is she was touching back to something that was beyond herself when she was teaching me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I even told my sister once when I, I had started going back to the Baptist church and I told her, I was like, you know, I just don't think it's good when I leave church with a headache every Sunday, you know? Mm. <laughs> and I think the older I get, the loud noises and the, all of that, it just, I mean, and I enjoy the fellowship and, but I had a headache that day. And, You're and telling like, my no. story. I love yeah. the opportunity for worship to include quiet. You know, I, that was one of the yes. things that attracted me to the church too, that there was this space for quiet and silence and that helped me to grow in my faith. You know, I still love music, gospel music, but it yes. helped me, it helped me yes. to have like, to learn about silence and have more space for that. To mm-hmm. Kamari to, <laughs> to the Baptist church a couple of times and my son's like, hey man, what'd you learn in church? And he said, I learned. Jesus. You know, I was like, oh, stop it. <laughs> I mean, for no. the people listening, if you know Kamari, that's a classic, like, <laughs> that I can see him saying it because he really yes, tells it so. like it is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I can no. see him saying that. So I'm just going to say, Alva, on that day, you know, if you choose to persevere in RCIA and enter the church and receive your sacraments, I'm going to be there on that day, whether you invite me or not. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I'm going to be there on that day. And I've told you multiple times it would be a joy to actually come to class with you. I would love that to be able to come to class with you. So whenever, just let me know. Okay. Um, and so we've been inviting every guest to share. What would you say has been one of your biggest hope stories. And that means a time in your life where God was calling you to have really deep hope. And if you want to also, when you're answering that, like share what's your definition of hope in your own words? Well, I guess my greatest hope is for (laughs) Black people in the Catholic church to feel no shame, to not feel that you owe anyone an explanation of the choice that you've made together when I'm with my Black family and we're talking and, and it's like, oh, you're Catholic. You know, oh, you're trying to be Catholic. What's wrong with you? You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with me. That's a choice that I've made. My hope is that they understand my choice and allow my choice not to to put down my choice, you know, mm. I just, I just want my choice accepted as an African-American Catholic, you know, mm. and, and my sisters and my brothers, all of them are, are Baptist, but I just want them to accept my choice of faith, my, my affiliation. It strikes me a lot that you continue to bring back the theme of shame because that was an experience of mine. Like when I entered the church, I didn't realize it. I just think I wasn't, I wasn't old enough or wise enough to realize when I entered, I and became Catholic, that there was some experience of shame because I was doing something that was so, you know, that was not common yeah. for Black people in America to do. And so on one end, I was feeling, you know, separated believing I had been separating myself from the Black community. On the other end, 
I believed that my blackness in the Catholic church was peculiar and I had to, you know, tuck away some of that blackness so that I might fit. Now that I'm older, you know, I realized that was me dealing in shame. And so I think it's so important that you bring that up, you know, so that others don't deal in shame because shame is the currency of Satan. And so that when we are engaging our faith, we're mindful not to deal in that currency, you know, and to know um, that we are gift. And so, Alva, like when you look back at your family as a black Catholic, you are gift to them. And when you look to the church as a black Catholic, you will be gift to the church. And so, like, no matter what yeah. direction you look, you are gift. You are gift. I oh, just so. want them to know that. I mean, mm-hmm. my love for Christ is not lessened <clears throat> by my affiliation. You know, I mean, I have to tell my sister a lot that I love Christ just as you love Christ. And it's like <laughs> in the black Baptist is like, oh, if you're not Baptist, then, you know, you're not a Christian and, and then you don't love the Lord. And and he's like, I do. I do. And that's. And that's why I got to do this. One of the things that I deal with with my family. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love the Lord just as much as you love the Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. So here's a little, my sister got married a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and Kamari was in the wedding. And so when the pastor said a prayer and he said amen kamari did (laughs) so he made the sign of the cross for the people listening she's saying (laughs) for the folks listening i want to tell them that kamari made the sign of the cross when the baptist minister said amen as is right and just (laughs) so and my nephew said, what is he doing? And it was like, what he's been taught to do. I was like, amen. you say amen, you know, that's what amen. he does. He and does the better, sign of the cross. Yeah, what better way to say amen than in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Yeah. It gives it power. It gives it power. So, and they were up on a stage and, you know, so he was up there and it was, you know, and all the Baptist people were like, what is that kid doing? So, <laughs> like that kid is doing what he was taught to do. Yeah, and it's good. And it's good. There's a quote. We've ended every episode, Alva, with this quote. The quote is from a sister who's now deceased. So we call her servant of God, Sister Thea Bowman. Uh, She's a Black American woman who was a sister here in the United States and just did amazing things to help form the church and like Black spirituality, help form Black Catholics. She said, what does it mean to be Black and Catholic? It means that I come to my church fully functioning. I bring myself, my Black self, all that I am, all that I have, all that I hope to become. I bring my whole history, my traditions, my experience, my culture, my African-American song and dance and gesture and movement and teaching and preaching and healing and responsibility as gifts to the church. When you hear her words, Alva, what what stands out to you? Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful because I just want my family to realize that I bring the same thing that you bring, you know? Mm -hmm. And my church affiliation doesn't make me 
not Alva. You know, I'm still Alva. What I bring and, and my differences, I just want to be understood for that. Yes, mm-hmm. I completely agree with her. Alva, thank you so much. I can't wait oh, for thank that you day. for having me. I can't <laughs> wait for that day. All right. God bless you. And I will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I hope it was a blessing to you as much as it was to me. I will be praying for you and please pray for me. And they're like, for real, I'm really going to pray for you. (laughs) This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. Use code HOPE25. That's H-O-P-E-2-5 for 25% off plus free shipping on Sister Josephine's book at osvbooks.com slash hope.